if you're out there and you're getting your song published or you're getting it recorded or you're getting it listened to or you're considering anything with it and you don't understand the terminology, do not, do not sit there and act like you know what's going on. That is not the time to play it cool and walk backstage like you belong there. That's the time to go. I don't understand the terminology. Can you clarify this for me? What does it mean when somebody says something like publishing? Do you have publishing administration? You need to stop them. And if you don't understand it, you say, what does, what does publishing administration mean? Flight 527, ready for departure. Hey, Mark Sevy here with the Way Beyond the Music podcast. And I'm super excited to bring this series to you guys as we dive way beyond the music with exclusive artist interviews, industry professional interviews, tips, tricks, educational teaching. We're gonna pick a topic for each one of these episodes that'll air Wednesday evenings at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we're gonna dive into it, dissect it. We're gonna get artist input, industry professional input. Man, if you are a Texas music lover, this show is for you. So. Make sure you tune in, share it, tell your friends, and subscribe. Help us spread the word, and stay tuned on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time for Way Beyond the Music Podcast. You guys are going to absolutely love this. Well, howdy, howdy, y'all, and welcome to Way Beyond the Music Podcast. Season one, episode two. And hey, yeah, it is our Christmas edition. We're going to do two weeks of this leading up to the uh, Jolly Man's day, as it were. The turkey got to have his day. Hope y'all had a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for those that caught last week's episode with Mr. Chuck Weimer. But what's super cool is that we have a new guest every week. And this week, aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're going to love this. This week, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Randy Seymour. Randy, how are you, buddy? <laughs> All right. I don't know how many of those expletives that we need, but uh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's always fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's great to be here tonight. Thanks for inviting me on, Mark. Um, <laughs> it's good to be on a show where uh, we can just kind of like express and explore things that um you know it I, i'm here tonight to to try to at least impart a little bit of stuff that i've learned over the past i don't know 20 or 30 years of just kind of knocking around and having to learn it slowly uh maybe maybe a little bit of a, more of a quick study tonight for some people just a few things here and there so um but it's great great to be able to do that great to be able to share and obviously fun to be with you man Mr. Yeah, Texas Internet good. Radio King. I don't know about all that, but it's always a good time. Um, you know, tonight we've got a really special topic that you actually wanted to teach on. And I'm going to let you go ahead and tell everybody what we're going to be talking about on the episode. Well, uh, what we're going to talk about tonight, what we're going to explore is how um, your original songs your original material or what we what we term in the industry is intellectual property now that word property is real important because it is yours and you have to do the things not only to own it on the front end but you need to own it on the back end as well and all the way through the middle so that has a lot to do with not only um 
how you arrange it, perform it, and present it, but also how you do all the mechanics of uh, signing up on all the right things and uh, lining up all the all the little things that that basically will protect your material um, from being plagiarized. Although today, uh, I always say that that nothing is really original anymore. Everything is is sort of a shadow of everything else. So, um, but what you really want to do is is you really want it to basically always retain your name and make sure that that follows it around no matter what happens uh, because that's very important it's very important that your name actually become uh, a valuable commodity um, today's in today's entertainment world uh, people's names are known as their brand a lot of times now um, and and that's a that's a fairly recent um, it's a fairly recent um, revelation. Although brands were prevalent uh, all along in the entertainment industry, there weren't many people that were concentrating on their brand. Uh, some people just became these legendary brands uh, because of who they are and what they did. People like I'm talking about entertainment icons like uh, Steve McQueen and and uh, Marilyn Monroe and James Dean and and uh, so forth and and the list goes on. They weren't necessarily pursuing pursuing a brand uh, during their career, but now it's a conscious effort by artists and by um, entertainers uh, to pursue a brand. So part of that brand is 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 protecting that brand, just like your songs. Uh, those are part of your brand. Those are part of what you do, uh, but they're not all of what you do. But they're an important part, and you never know what what role they're going to play. So you should always make sure that you can put your hands on them and make sure they don't get away from you if you can help it. So um, I've, I've done both. I've let some of them get away from me and I've gotten to where I can put my hands on a lot of them. So, uh, and there, there are ways too uh, that I found out recently in the last couple of years where you can actually, if you've signed away your publishing, for instance, and we'll talk a little bit about what publishing actually means, um, you can get it back. You can actually get it back. It takes a while, but you can fill out the paperwork and you can actually get 100% of your song publishing back to its original owner, which oh, is you, hey, be Merry you. Christmas right there, guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But, yeah. You know, you know a lot more about this, honestly, than I do. I know you do. Um, and uh, I'm glad that you picked the topic, too, because I always right. like to bring people on. You always learn something. It doesn't matter if you're a host, if you're... You think you're if you think you're a master, you're gonna get taught a lesson. I've learned that growing up, you know. Sure. Well, it, and it it can all be very uh, confusing because sometimes it all it all sounds like double talk because it's sort of written in legal terms or it's in, it it's written in terms that it's almost like when people start talking about computers to me and then they start talking, you know, in computer type language relating to things that computers do. They lose me. I go, listen, you're going to have to, you got to bring this down to the ground. Tell me exactly what this term means and what it means to me, not what it means to you. I know what it means to you, but I don't know the definition. So anytime that you're dealing, and this is, here's, here's tip number one for you. If you're out there and you're getting your song published or you're getting it recorded or you're getting it listened to, or you're considering anything with it and you don't understand the terminology, do not, do not sit there and act like you know what's going on. That is not the time to play it cool and walk backstage like you belong there. That's the time to go, 
I don't understand the terminology. Can you clarify this for me? What does it mean when somebody says something like publishing? Do you have publishing administration? You need to stop them. And if you don't understand it and you say, what does, what does publishing administration mean? What, what does it encompass? Publishing administration at its core, I will explain to you. The simple term is a publishing administrator, a person who works on your behalf, basically collects your song royalties from what is sold, not from what is performed on television, what is sold as streaming, as hard product, as anything that is an actual commodity, a, a commercial viable piece, something that you can grasp. Um, and streaming and downloading is part of that, okay? Uh, even though you can't, a lot of times you don't actually grasp it, you do, you do actually have the product when, when, you, when you buy it, okay? So, so that's publishing administration in the nutshell is that anyone who has written songs, and has them published or basically has them registered. Um, if things get to where, if things get to where somebody has actually recorded this song or you've put it out yourself and you're going to put it out and it's going to be on streaming services and it's going to get downloaded and things are going to happen for it. It's probably a good idea to sign up with a publishing administrator. If you don't have your own publishing company uh, that's run by a big company like Sony who does all these things for you. They they do your publishing administration for you. Of course, all of this stuff is done for a fee, but if you handle your own, because let's say, okay, for instance, let's say you co-wrote a song with a big songwriter who does work for Sony Publishing, but you're they're not going to do your publishing administration. You go out and find your own independent publishing administrator. They collect the royalties for you. And you're probably going to end up making more money than the guy who's working for Sony. Uh, he's going to have a deal. And he's going to be getting a draw to write songs every month. But um, at the end of the day, um, you're going to own more of your material and you'll have more control of it. Um, there's a, um, there's, there, there's a, a, if anybody has any questions about publishing administration, uh, there's a great company that I actually use. I used it on, um, I signed up when my Ronnie, my song got recorded by Ronnie Millsap and Vince Gill last year. It's called Song Trust is the name of it. In fact, every every publishing administrator that I knew of that I talked to, they said, well, we're not taking on any more new clients, but you need to go to Song Trust because that's what they do, which is really, really great for us. Okay, really great for us. Listen to me. It's great for us that you don't have to you know, beg somebody to take the time to do this type of, uh, perform this type of service for you. There's a company that will do it for you. Minimal fee, all fair, all upfront. And they basically are very smart and savvy in the business. And they can actually answer a lot of questions for you too, that you may have, which are like me. I had a lot of questions about it too. How does this work? How does that work? They can get on the phone and they can actually talk to you. They will actually talk to you on the phone about it. It's not just an, an FAQ uh, thing on, on a website. So that's a cool thing. So let's start, let's start from the beginning of your song. Anybody who's a songwriter and you don't necessarily have to be an artist um, to be a songwriter. It may help. It may not. It really depends on, on what you're pursuing and what it is that inspires you to do this and why you want to do this. If you're simply a songwriter, and you want to create songs and create copyrights and memories and stories and things like that. It's pretty simple. Your, your first step usually in creating a work, um, 
is to go ahead and find a PRO, that's a performance rights organization, who uh, you would like for to represent your material. Now, a performance rights organization, performance rights are only those rights of songs that are performed on television. Um, they're, they're things when, when, when a song goes up the charts, and that's a performance. You know that that's 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 not a mechanical royalty. That's a performance royalty. Um, when your song gets played in a television commercial, when it gets in a film, that has to do with sync licensing. But if somebody's performing that song, that also has to do with a performance thing. So, so they 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 in they kind of come in and and they they gather those sort of royalties. That's one of their main things. But the other thing great about them is, is they've all been in the industry for years. They all have tons of money. They got great staffs of people. Uh, and they have a lot of people who are ready to help new songwriters and they'll put you with somebody. They'll say, okay, well, this is your representative. Um, they're going to help you the, you know, if you got any questions, call them up, whatever. That's their job. They're getting paid full time to do exactly what I just told you. When you sign up with a PRO, one of the one of the good things about signing up with one is is they help you establish your publishing entity. Now listen up. As a songwriter, there are two pieces, two main pieces to your intellectual property. You own them both if you own your own publishing, which you normally do if you haven't sought out anything else. You own all of it, okay? But once you decide to make this thing into something that's going to get released or registered, then you have to register its publishing side as well as its creative written side. So it's almost like if you, if you have your own publishing company, then you're working for yourself. Boom, you're self-employed. Same kind of thing, no big deal. But the, what they'll do is they'll help you find that name that you want to do for your publishing company. So listen up, here's, a, here's another tip, kids. Give these names, because you're gonna have to throw several names at them before one is actually gonna stick because they throw them against a huge wall of names that are already out there and whatever and so forth and such. Pick names that you're gonna wanna stick with for, uh, you know, for the rest of your life, because you're gonna be stuck with that, okay? so. Pick one. I had a buddy make that it. mistake. Yeah, with his uh, when he started his own publishing company, he named it something he did not want to stick with. Yeah, so that, that is a good tip there. But you know, on on the not to jump off topic, but on the level of cost, like the biggest question I get is number one, how do I start this thing? Uh, what do I need to do? And then number two is, wh what's it going to cost me to start my own publishing company? Well, myself, okay, I learned this and do it all myself. Right, right. The PROs, they all work differently. BMI, I know, charges a fee. Um, you're going to get away with probably paying them. I, now, don't quote me on this because I haven't seen the fees lately. But you're going to get away with basically registering as a writer for free. But as a publishing company, when you register your publishing, they're going to charge you like, I think, maybe $75 or something. All they're really charging you for is the registration of the name and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's kind of a it's basically you're paying them to, to do a little bit of work and and nail down the name of your publishing company and also establish it with a, a an ID number because everything has an ID number. You're you're as a songwriter, you have an ID number and, and your publishing company has an ID number, too. They're both separate numbers. So whenever you whenever you actually sit down and register one of your songs, you're going to fill all of that information in the 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 ID number of you, the ID number of of your publisher, and so forth and such. I don't know what ASCAP charges for that. Um, I'm with CSAC; they don't charge anything for you to set up publishing, but CSAC is set up a little differently 
than ASCAP and BMI. ASCAP and BMI are subsidized companies uh, which will basically never run out of money. Uh, and they don't run on the same uh, principle that, that CSAC is run on. CSAC is run on a corporate principle, which means they have a board of directors, they have stockholders and everything else. When you sign with CSAC, you're actually you're actually signing with a company, not with just a, a, pub, a performance rights organization that does things on your behalf. You know what I'm saying? It's a little different. It is confusing. So, I mean, if you're a new musician, all of this, you're probably like, do what? What do I got to? Oh, my God. I got to do right. all of that. Listen, well, no. the best thing you can do is the best thing anyone can do is they can sit down. And and mostly I will tell you what most writers, most, what most songwriters do is they'll instantaneously. And there's nothing wrong with this. They'll instantaneously register with the with the performance rights organization that their favorite singer or or songwriter is with if your favorite songwriter was with bmi then you're gonna oh i want to be with bmi like my hero bob whatever or something you know what i'm saying uh bob mcdill uh, yeah. or or i want to be with ascap you know because uh you know hank williams or something was ascap or something i mean that's that's primarily kind of how it works there's no right or wrong is what i'm saying uh, they all kind of operate differently as far as like how they collect royalties and how they tabulate those things and stuff like that. You don't even need to know the ins and outs of that. That doesn't matter because success is, is success and that's all that matters. And when you become successful and, you know, a, a song of yours is getting played wildly, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of times, it doesn't really matter what one of these entities you're with, you're going to make money. Okay. Bottom line, you're going to make money. There are ways to kind of track it, but really the bottom line is, you know, you're in it for the long haul and you're in, and once you're with a, with a PRO, it's just great to stick with them. If you have to switch or if you want to switch, it can be a pain. You can do it, but it can be a pain. I yeah. don't recommend a switch. Everyone no, I've no. talked to has been that's successful in it's this. A, it's yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, no, you just well. stick it out, man. You picked it, so yeah, you may as well just go have a couple of root canals done. That's that's <laughs> even that's much more fun. So. Amen. Well, you know, um, just to let the the listeners and watchers and uh, know, if you want to, you know, uh, leave a comment. If you have a question, real quick, I am checking the comments. If you see me looking down during the broadcast, that's what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, just to make sure that, you know, if anybody needs n needs to get a quick answer, if we have time, we'll cover it. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. And and help them out in in sure. in that facility if we can. Now, if we don't know, we're just going to tell you we don't know cuz we don't want to give you the wrong wrong information necessarily. No. Uh, yeah, that, no. that that's not going to help you move forward with what you need to do. So But but back to our talk topic of owning it. The two things that you can that you can work with on the immediate front end is your PRO, forming your publishing company, uh, registering your material through those through that entity because that's where you basically register your material through, and also filing and getting your your copyrights from the Library of Congress, which is also another process that you need to go ahead and go through. Um, and everybody knows, but if you don't know, the PA form. Uh, which is a short form for for registering songs with the um, Library of Congress is the shortest and the cheapest route. You can actually do it online now. You can open up an account with um, the Library of Congress, the Office of Copyright, and you can do all of your copyright stuff 
online. You can fill it all out. You can submit an MP3. If you have an MP3 of it, they'll charge you a fee, you know, on your credit card or whatever form of payment that you do. So they've made that easier and it took them a while to get there because um, anything that the government does is always sort of antiquated, but uh, they, they've kind of brought it up to date. So I've done that several times and it's worked out really well because once I get it done, then a month or so later, all of a sudden in my mailbox shows up my official printed copyright. And I go, wow, look, wow, this is neat. It's really cool looking. I think the fee... The fee differs for you actually filling it out and sending it in as to doing it online. And I think for some reason, I think the online one is actually more expensive. I think it's like maybe differs like maybe $10. I, 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 once again, don't nail me down on fees. Um, I, I, can, I can remember registering through the mail with the copyright office in a PA form for as low as $35. And I think the last time that I did one online, I'm thinking it was like $48 a song yeah. or something like that. Now, sometimes here's something else you can do to sort of kind of just skirt around that for a while until you're really ready just to nail something down. You don't have to copyright just each song at a time. You can copyright a whole group of songs because all you're really copywriting is the title, you know, and your name and your information and stuff like that. That's all you're really putting a copyright on because nobody's sending in what we, what we used to have to do uh, with copyrights was, and I'm still, I'm sure you still have to do it at some point. What we used to have to do was we had, you had to submit what was called a lead sheet. That was a written piece of manuscript with your song on it, you know, and I always had to hire the guy who was the, uh, the high school band director to do mine when I was going to high school because I couldn't write manuscript, but he was happy to do it. I could pay him, you know, $20 a, a, a manuscript and man, he would, he would just crank them out, but you don't have to, you don't have to do that, but you can register a group of songs. Okay. And that's, that's much cheaper. It's about the same as registering each song. That's a, that, that would be a good shortcut for somebody on the front end. And, and, as, and of course, if you do something with the song, then just, circle back around and actually register the copyright itself. It's not going to matter if it's registered in a group or not, because let's face it, if it's all in your name, are you going to take yourself to court? No, you're not. <laughs> so, right. so you're good to go. Okay. Now here's the reason why you need to have all these things in, in a row. And a lot of times when you walk into a publisher or something like that, they're going to go, well, you know, you, maybe you shouldn't have done that. That's the, that's bull. Any, any, any reputable publisher is going to go fine because if you're going to, if you're going to share material with them, if you're going to sign publishing to them, anything, whatever, it doesn't matter if it's in your name. Okay. What matters is, is if it's not in your name and you walk into a place that is going to tell you what they think that you want to hear. And then you end up in a couple of years going, well, I didn't get anything for this. What happened? So you need to have that ownership and your name attached to your material when you walk in the door, when you have a meeting with a publisher and you're going to play songs for them. It's not necessary, but it's a good idea because who knows what happens if the publisher act, you know, he listens through to your songs and he gets really turned on by one of your tunes and says, I've got an artist I want to pitch this to. Well, then you can look at him and go, well, you can pitch it to him. It's protected. Everything's good. They're good with it. It's kind of a handshake agreement and they're your only connection to that artist anyway. So once they pitch a song to an artist and they've done it, then it won't get done because the artist and the producer will know it. It won't get done until you make a deal with the publisher because they're going to go, well, if they go back and they go, well, we thought your publishing was on this. So 
no, there's no deals that ever kind of go sour on that kind of thing. So always have as much of your material in your hip pocket ownership wise as you can. Real simple stuff. PRO, publishing company, you as a writer, register it. Boom, it's in there. If you make a tape of it or whatever and you want to make an MP3 of it, do it. The, the more the more stuff you have in there that represents your song, the better off you are. There was a law that came out in 1978 that said once you pen something, you own it. That's true. Okay. Nobody can actually just take something from you as long as you can just, you know, even beyond a minimal shadow of a doubt, prove that, that you're the one who wrote it. So that, that's a, that's a real important thing. Um, one thing that writers don't really get caught up in sometimes, but sometimes they do if there's a lot of money that happens online, which is called plagiarism. Now plagiarism is something that, that somebody can go after when you've written a song and the first, there's eight bars of this song that sound very similar to a song that's already out there registered and is active. They can come back and say, well, you've plagiarized this. There's two ways that you can, you can, you can avoid this. One is you can just change the melody a little bit here and there. That's not a problem. They don't, you can't really plagiarize words a whole lot. Um, titles and, and, and ideas and stuff like that. Those can be plagiarized, but, um, even John Lennon said he would steal he would steal lines from Chuck Berry and different writers in order to stick them into songs. Right. Um, so, uh, so a lot of that kind of stuff goes on anyway. So plagiarism is not something that you even need to be worried about because if you ever get to, if you get to the level of having your song recorded by someone. They're going to be the ones who are going to be the first ones to probably try to watchdog plagiarism. I'll tell you one of the biggest um, things about plagiarism that happened in the last 20-something years or so. And the reason why I know this is because I know the guy who's the publisher. His name is David Briggs. He's a, um, he's a music publisher, and he's also a, a session keyboardist uh, in Nashville. He owned the publishing for Steve Winwood. And Steve Winwood released this album in 1989, and it had a song on it called Roll With It, which is a huge hit song. Roll with it, baby. You got to roll with it, baby. So the whole song was on the radio, huge hit, massive numbers coming out. And then all of a sudden, they get, pl they get hit with a plagiarized suit that they act actually lost because they the the people who own the copyright and the song to a song called Shotgun Shotgun they won the suit so what did Steve Winwood have to do he had to turn around he had to hand basically half of all of his royalties over to these guys that he made he still made a bunch of money but he only made half the the bunch of money that he was supposed to get so sometimes that kind of stuff happens but but not not real often, you know. Um, there are people who actually specialize in this. Um, I had a friend who worked for a, a copyright lawyer whose their job was they would get sent songs from, from all these different publishers and record labels and all these different people, and they had to sit down and they had to figure out if any of these songs were actually songs that had, that had plagiarized other songs. And it was really, it was really strange when I would talk to him, I'd go, well, how far do you have to go? He said, well, he says, it depends on how badly they want to, they want to sue somebody for it. I said, wow. You know, so there's all kind of games that go on there. Don't worry about that stuff though. Just yeah. get your, get your PRO 
get your get your publishing and your and your songwriting get yourself registered get yourself plugged into the system write your songs register them and you know do everything you can to 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 play them for people as long as you're as long as you they got you got them in your hip pocket it's not going to matter who you're playing for well i hope everybody is taking notes and on that note we're gonna we're gonna take a break from the educational side of things for a minute here because uh this young man actually plugged up brought his guitar and wants to i think play a tune or two right correct sure man sure um i'll let you do whatever you want to do on that man this is show. I, I appreciate you let me uh let me get that background music killed there yeah. appreciate you doing a, a live performance too on the podcast man well um since you've got your santa claus hat on i've got to do a song about santa claus now I have a Christmas album out and this is on it. This is my single that's been playing on the radio in the last couple of weeks here on Texas radio and so forth and the uh, internet radio here in Texas. This is my song that tells people that I do believe there's a Santa Claus because all the things that I got for Christmas, there's no way my daddy was making that kind of money to buy all that stuff. So this is called There Ain't No Santa Claus. It goes like this. Yogi Bear, tricycle, 10-speed, bicycle, Batman, Army Men, Motorific, Jungle Gym, Operation Moon, Station, Mr. Major, Mad Mason, Baze, BB Gun, Mousetrap, Battleship, Barrel of Monkeys, and Battle of Tops. And don't try telling me there ain't no Santa Claus. NFL, AFL, Electric, Football, Lincoln Logs, Harlem, Globetrotters, Basketball, Hot Wheels, Matchbox, Brand New Fishing Rod, Hunker Tucks, Gimme Them, Rock and Sock and Robot, Sears Mini Bike, and Seco Watch. How can you be telling me there ain't no Santa Claus? They say Elvis is alive and living in Kauai. The pyramids are made by the power of the mind. Neil Armstrong went walking on the moon. Courtesy of Kubrick in 2001. Macy's, Kmart, Sears, and Roebuck. Western Auto and Toys R Us. Galleria, Gulfgate, Northline, Myland, North Pole. Monday Kane gonna visit Santa Man. Working every corner at the shopping mall. Still, you keep on telling me there ain't no Santa Claus. All right. Well, I keep an open mind because I never know at all. You want me to believe there was life on Mars. But all I really know is he gave me this guitar. So I never will believe there ain't no Santa Claus. Up on the housetop, Jolly on St. Nicholas. Here comes Santa Claus the night before Christmas. The Polar Express. Run, Rudolph, run. Elvis says Santa Claus is coming back to town. He's got a mess of stories and popular songs. So don't you try to tell me that there ain't no Santa Claus. Oh, you never changed my mind because you give it his guitar. So don't try telling me there ain't no Santa Claus. No. No. <laughs> I was Woo. checking that checking that at that video, correct? Yeah, you yeah. Got a, you got a video for that out too. I, I was do. checking that yeah, I was checking that out earlier. And uh I, w- I was getting my giggle on, man. That's a cool video. Well, there's a lot in there. It's funny because as I was doing that, I was thinking, okay. 
I need to make sure that I do this where I don't get in trouble for using all of this material. But um, there's a way you can do any anything as long as you have um, as long as you as long as you have the 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 right um, source for it. Uh, so you always have to seek out your source when you're doing things like that. Cause you know, uh, if it goes on YouTube or if it goes on anywhere, they can always black out places. It's like, well, you don't have the right to use this. You don't have the right to use that. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a funny world. Uh, and, and that's why you got to own it. And if you own it, then at least there's no doubt about it. When somebody says, well, you can't do that. And you just look at and say, well, actually, yes, I can. <laughs> yeah, I know uh, YouTube Studio has some uh, royalty-free stuff that you can use. If you're looking out there, folks that are listening or watching or catching a rebroadcast of this, yep. uh, checking yep. it out on YouTube, whatever, um, yep. you can you can do that definitely. And that's, that's definitely beneficial uh, to, to everybody. Yeah, I mean, there's there's royalty free things. You can pay a little bit for those things because sure. people yep. have a lot of that content stored in places. Um, I use that sometimes. Sometimes I'll just find stuff that you know, uh, for visually. Sometimes I'll find something that just amateur people have done, and they just stuck it out there, and there's no copyright thing or anything on it. So it, it's just a like I said, you, you gotta you gotta look for the source, uh, just like anything else, to make sure that you're not infringing upon somebody else's uh, business, so to speak. So, um, so when you do these songs and, and when you write these songs, you know, just follow follow some some simple simple steps and simple rules. Now, a lot of times, um, one of the things that that I try to tell people who are singer songwriters. Um, which is a little bit different. It takes it one step further. You need to make the song your own when you're playing it. Um, and that means if you can develop a style that you are comfortable with and, and, and is sort of a signature style, the way you sound, the way you play, whatever it is that you do, um, that really helps a lot because um, in these instances where, and I've been in them a lot, where you're where you're in a songwriter in the round, and you've got four or five different people who are writing songs or they're they're playing songs, they're singing. Well, you know, if you can be a little different or do something just a little different and kind of make it fun, um, your your material is going to stand out. Same thing happens when you go into a publishing company. If you can do something a little different that's going to catch their ear, uh, do it. You know, take a few risks, take some chances. Um, if you've done all your homework and you've taken your song and you've rung it inside and out uh, to where you're confident with it, then and, and you want to step out, do it. Take some chances because a lot of times publishers and even record labels and all these people sometimes even if it's good, they don't hear it yet. So don't ever be discouraged if you're doing something a little different and something that's, that's you and they just kind of cock their head or do something that happened to Garth Brooks when he was pitched to uh, Capitol records, they didn't get it. They were like, well, we don't get this guy. We don't understand him. And then he wrote a song. Uh, if tomorrow never comes with a guy who is a fairly decent songwriter in Nashville, they, pres they heard it and they went, well, who's that? <laughs> and said, well, that's Garth Brooks, the guy you passed on. They said, well, maybe we need to take another look at this guy. And then when they did, they had already sort of subconsciously convinced themselves that there was something there. So don't be discouraged if your style or if something's not hitting them uh, like it should, because uh, everybody who walks through the door has the same fear and the same trepidation and the same hopes that you do. And 
people at record labels and people at entertainment companies, they see it day in and day out. And they hear a lot of the same things day in and day out. If you can hit them with something a little different and something a little fresh, even if you don't score, you're going to leave an impression. And leaving an impression is almost as good as getting a paycheck. Not quite, but almost. Yeah. I mean, well, and you don't, there's sometimes, you know, I hate to say it, but now I've learned the hard way. Uh, you don't get a second chance, you know, you don't, no, you, you don't get a second chance. And even, and, and a lot of times they'll say, well, when you have something else, you bring it back. Well, it's a lot harder to come back on that bring back. than it was, it was hard to get there in the first place and get exactly. in front of them. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, and, um, I've also learned too, um, and this is what I learned from a guy who's, um, a very successful record producer. And I work with him quite a lot now. And then his name is Norbert Putnam. He produced most of Jimmy Buffett's hits, Margaritaville and changes in latitude and all those things. He produced most of Dan Fogelberg's albums. Um, so uh, he started out producing people like Joan Baez and things like that. So he's been in the music business for years, but he gave me a tip one time as a songwriter when I was wanting to pitch songs for another artist. He said, Randy, he says, if you just put, if you'll just take, he said, I know you've got several songs that you want these people to hear for this person. He said, don't do it. He said, take up only at least three minutes of their time. That's it. Put the one on there that you feel the best about. Even if you've got, well, I think they would do this, this well. I think they, he said, don't even let that creep into your thought. Eliminate everything, but one song, give them one song. Okay. Do that. He said, he said, I've, he said, as a publisher, he said, I've had more success with writers of mine, just submitting one song as a pitch instead of a group of songs or two or three songs. Like, well, if you don't like this, then maybe you'll like this. He said, I he said I, that's like shotgunning, man. That's yeah. like, trying to, that's like throwing noodles up against the wall and seeing which one's done is going to stick. You know, you're, and you're blowing, you might ruin an impression you could have had um on a, on a different song at a different time that's exactly yeah. it yeah you don't want to run them off because no. you want them to go okay well that didn't hurt too much then you can come back the well, door will kind of be open if you have well, three or four things they're gonna they may go okay we kind of heard all this 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 guy or the gal can do for us so we're done here so, right so it's it's uh, that's a, to me that was a real good tip and and that's kind of what I've always followed since he actually told me that because I was just as guilty of anybody as as putting a, a tape or a, or a compact disc with two or three songs on it thinking well you know uh, I really want to get something recorded by this guy so let me let me put at least three on here that I know would be great for him it's like <laughs> you don't know what would be great for him that's the funny thing you know you have you, you really don't have any idea what's going on in that meeting once they start listening to songs and um he he had a funny story because Norbert used to play bass on a lot of records and he played bass on a lot of Elvis records and one of the one of the things that he would do is um Elvis would always show up to the session really late. And that was his thing. He, would, he wouldn't show up till 10 o'clock at night. And the publisher would always, Elvis's publisher and, and producer were always there. So they would bring in a group of songs and they would put, they usually have an acetate at the time, which was basically like a record that was cut of the song. And they'd put it on a turntable and they'd hand Elvis the lyrics. And 
the they'd start the acetate the song it would be a demo and it would sound almost like elvis's band playing and the singer would come in and he'd start singing like elvis and elvis would listen to it and he'd start to try to start singing along with it and then he would get just a few bars into it he would just take the paper and rip it up and throw it away and they they'd take the record and they just throw it away so so they just never knew what was going to hit presley the right way because he was picking the songs and sometimes he would just he would land on one and he'd go play it again they'd play it again he'd go play it again play it again and by that third time, Presley actually had the song down where he could actually walk in. And if they had the, if they had the chart written, they could cut it in one, in one take. So um, it's real important that you just get them that one song and just leave it alone after that. Because um, all, these, all these guys, they just, they just have a certain amount of time. It, it, it's, it's based on, on, on time management, what they're doing. And they're trying to kind of bet their time against their success. So if you don't take up much of their time, but you do something that might, they may go, well, that was okay. You know, well, well, if this guy gives us something again later on, you know, we'll, we'll give it a listen. You know, that's kind of, that's really the kind of the impression you want to leave because let's face it. When you're pitching your songs, if you're an unknown, you're and you're pitching to a known artist, you're up against songwriters that the producers and the artists know. Okay. So you're you're not even you're not even a designated hitter in the game. You're the guy that gets to go in if somebody if two guys in front of you get hurt. So just remember that. You know, what you're wanting to do with your songs is and it doesn't mean your song's a bad song if it gets refused it just means it's not the right time but but it also means that you've kind of cracked a door open there that you probably can go back through so don't be discouraged but own it <laughs> before you play it it's, it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of time and it's a marathon not a sprint. i think you know and i tell people um when when you do this um don't don't be a songwriter or don't be in the entertainment industry or an or an entertainer or a singer or any, don't 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 do any of that for the reasons of notoriety success and power and all that kind of stuff do it at the core do it because you love it and find mm-hmm. a good reason to do it find a good find a good reason say to yourself and even you have to, even if you have to lie to yourself on the front end, keep saying it to yourself till you believe it. I want to do something to make the world just a little bit better place with what I'm singing or what I'm writing or what I'm doing. Just keep saying that. And 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 to to me, that's one of the best reasons to do this anyway. You know, make the world just a little bit better place. And you know, if you do, and it and it does get spread around. Guess what? Your icing gets on the on the cake you already had. The cake was you did something that you loved, and it did something important. And not only that, the icing was you got paid for it. Amen. You did you want to do a another uh, another tune for us? Did, what, sure, you, man. You got anything you've been working on? I will tell you this: I was super impressed when I had you on Texas Music Radio Sundays at Goofy's. Man, this gentleman here is a phenomenal songwriter a great picker and a great representative of the texas music scene i really dig what you do randy thank you thanks a lot mark i I appreciate what you do because you work your butt off and you do it with passion Uh, just pretty much like you do everything in your life has there's something that that drives you that that is passionate about it and as long as you do that no matter who looks down on it 
the good Lord is always going to look right straight at you and go, Mark, you did good. My friend, you made me proud. So it's, it's, you're doing it. You're like I said before, if you do something for the right reasons, you can't go wrong. Okay. So, well, I've got songs that, um, it's funny because I talked to a guy that, um, I wrote a bunch of songs with years and years ago. And, um, I've been working on some of those actually, uh, thinking about this whole Texas radio thing and how uh, these songs that I recorded so long ago, they actually fit the format of what's going on now. And, and I'm not going to say, well, I was ahead of my time or something like that, but I will say that, um, for me, um, what I was doing didn't quite fit on music row and moving back to Texas was the, was the best thing I ever did, not only for myself personally, but for my music, because what I do musically fits here so, so, so much better uh, than, than it did anywhere else. And I'm not just, I don't just mean Nashville. I just mean anywhere else. I just, and I think it's because I feel at home and I feel comfortable. And I think that's, that's a good lesson. Um, you know, it's good to do something exciting and kind of get outside your skin when you're doing this. But at the end of the day, if you can feel comfortable with doing something, then that means comf being comfortable also goes with being confident. Confident means you're in charge of what you're doing. So um, I feel like I'm kind of comfortable, uh, confident and in charge. So, um, but these songs that I wrote, um, years ago, like I said, they seem to be getting more relevant nowadays, especially in my mind. I don't know why. Heck, maybe I'm just too lazy to come up with a new song every now and then. But um, let me play you this one song that I um, I put on this Lukenbach uh, record. And um, it's, a, it's a song that, that a friend of mine and I wrote. He lives in California now. And um, he was my publisher at one point. But we were also co-writers. And we sat down and we started talking and this wasn't completely first person, but this was, this was completely an observation, which a lot of times great songs are observations. Um, we wrote this song about, uh, guys who get to a certain age and they've, they've established themselves financially. They, they, they got, they got it going, they got things going good, but they still kind of yearn to kind of have that edge and be that, that young, you know, hep, cat, you know, uh, the guy who's, you know, got the edge and he's, you know, all this kind of stuff and everything. <laughs> the, what, what brought it to mind was we were talking about a, a prominent record producer there in town who was, he was actually 20 years older than we were. And now he had just went out and bought himself a Harley Davidson. <laughs> we were like, what's he going to do with that, man? <laughs> you know, so, uh, but more power to him is what I say. So we wrote this thing called James Dean Dream. That guy in the genuine leather jacket With a wrinkle in his smile and a swagger in his giant step He looks a lot like me, but it just can't be Cause he's a little too grown up All but the mirror can't see What sets a man free is the truth he believes Just like a rebel without a cause I ain't breaking old sacred laws. Well, that's what it means living a James Dean dream. Feels like I'm spinning out of control, fighting the wheel for my soul. Hey, that's what it means 
Pivot a changing dream Spent most of my life living somewhere east of Eden Cast out of the garden, tempted into the lion's den Acted I'd ever seen from a silver screen As if it was reality All but it really ain't real Till you reveal the hunger that you feel Just like a rebel without a cause I ain't bringing no sacred laws Well, that's what it means to live in a Like a spinning out of control, fighting the wheel for my soul. Whoa, that's what it means living a James Dean dream. Now, if I hadn't done all I had done, I would not know what I know now. But if I hadn't known all I know now, I wouldn't have done all I have done. Just like a rebel without a cause. I ain't bringing no sacred laws. Well, that's what it means living a changing dream. Feels like I'm spinning out of control, fighting the wheel for my soul. Oh, that's what it means living a changing dream. Well, that's what it means living a changing dream. James Dean Dream, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you much. Thank you. Much. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, man, that's an excellent. That's what I'm talking about right there, man. The songwriting skills are amazing, man. Um, you know, it, it almost makes me wish that you were doing like a thing like this all the time. And if you ever want to collaborate and uh, and put a show together, uh, regardless of what it is, uh, and you need need some help, man, feel free to reach out. I'd be happy to help you, man, and and uh, be part of it. And I'm there. To, yeah, it's always good to do that. And if you don't have something like that going on on your on your you know video side of things, you know, uh, as an artist, it's super important. And I am just now getting to the point where i am i'm learning what i need to learn on that end of it and trying to spread that that message and you know it, it's not going to go away it doesn't go away no uh-uh it's what you love to do so don't 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 ever leave what you love that's uh listen uh, i was told by a bankruptcy lawyer one time when i was filing bankruptcy years ago um financial disaster um i had you know, you have to bring in all of your property that, that you own or that you are, you know, putting up for, <laughs> for whatever. So I had all these copyrights in my notebook and he started looking through them and he looks to me and he says, he says, are you a songwriter son? And I said, yes, sir, I am. And I thought, oh boy, here it goes. He's going to, he's going to give me a, a preach preaching sermon here. He thumbed through him. Then he closed the book and he said, well, I want to tell you one thing. Don't ever give up on your dreams. I almost fell out of the chair. 
I mean, yeah, that's awesome. You know, and, and that's, that's, that's what these are. These, these things that you, that you come up with, that you write, that you perform, that you sing, these are your dreams. Okay. And that's one thing that I always am trying to be careful of when anybody plays me their songs or, or does something. I try to, I try to find something positive that they can either work off of, or I just go, or I'll go, wow, I wish I'd have written that, you know, because don't ever walk on other people's dreams. There's, there's always a way to, to make, to keep people driven and keep people passionate about what they're doing. And I will say this too, this here's another thing about songs, especially about old songs. And this is, this is for you, my friend. If you've got songs that, you know, you, you've, you think that you've given up on, believe me, you haven't given up on any of them. They're just not ready for you to finish yet. So just remember that whatever you've got, don't go, don't think that anything you've done has been time wasted because about a third of the things that I've been doing this last two years since I've been in Texas were things I gave up on or I thought, well, that's about as good as that's going to get. Or I really don't have anything that makes me feel like that. I that that's what it needs to do. Then all of a sudden, just some sort of landslide. It just kind of hit me and I just go, Oh, wow. There it is. So you just, you just kind of have to wait for that. There it is thing because, um, it's, it's like the weather <laughs> it's going to change. Amen. So, so anybody who's out there, who's got songs, if, if you've written them, hang on to them, don't throw them away, you know, put them somewhere, remember them. If you can record a little bit of them, you know, to, to, to refresh your memory on it, do it. I wrote a song, um, and, and if I have time, I'll play this for you too. Um, I wrote a song when my mother was in hospice. She was in hospice for seven days. She passed away after seven days, and I, I was there all the time. And so I had my little computer with me to, to make notes with and everything. And I was sitting out in the hall one day, and this idea came to me about a song, uh, or, an, or at least an idea for a song. And the, and the idea was make it count, you know, and I thought, you know, compared to the universe and compared to all life that's ever been on earth or it's ever existed, you know, all of us are really just kind of little finger snap, you know, we're only just like kind of one beat in the whole song. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of important to try to make that beat count, you know, make it count for something. So I wrote all this down and then I completely forgot it, you know? And so fast forward to, 12 years later. No, no. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. This was in, this was in 20, um, this was in 2011. And then fast forward to 2018, I've got a recording session and I need one more song so I can make sure that I'm paying the band to stay there long enough to play it. And I start looking through titles and I went, Oh my gosh. And I clicked on and it went and Mark, I heard the whole song. I, I looked at the lyrics and I said, I can hear the whole song. There it was that magic moment. Play the it, man. Thing. Let's do it. That's what, that's what it was. So this is make it count. It's unreleased, but I really love the song. It goes like this. From the beginning to the end. A million highs and lows will shine and fade away again. When the music starts to play All you can do is dance until the final chord is played And life is just a finger snap 
and you only get one chance. So don't miss out. Don't live in doubt. Oh, make it count. The universe keeps expanding. They say someday we'll melt into a single understanding. And in the end, your tears will flow. Like the cry of a newborn baby being born And life is just a finger snap And you only get one chance So don't miss out Don't live in doubt Oh, make it count Make it count And the time that you are given You will never know So make it count for love Love will make it count for more and Don't live out Don't live in doubt Oh Make it count Oh, make it count. Oh, oh, oh. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> That's one of my favorite unreleased songs that I have. Dude, I'm digging it, man. Thank you for sharing that. I always, always like to do that. You know, you got to be really careful when you're streaming about what you use. And that's why I use companies like Epidemic Sound, um, YouTube Studio, even in Canva's uh, video processor and editor, there's royalty-free music that you can use. Um, so there's sources that are out there for all of you that are listening that are just like, man, where are you finding your stuff at? Um, like I said, one of my favorite places to go is epidemic sound. They seem to have a pretty, pretty good variety for, at least for what I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah. Um, some of the stuff in YouTube, it, it's, it's, you know, it's all right. Um, some of it's not good at all. And some of it's excellent. Yeah. And you're going to spend a lot of time. I didn't realize how much time, you know, you spend editing and, you know, finding your background music, making your transitions, your screen overlays. You know, there's a lot to this. Yeah. Thumbnails. Well, if you listen to, and the thing about it is, is if you listen to a lot of the major things, half the time, all they got is a drum beat and a bass with it or something. Sometimes it's just a drum beat. That's know? right. <laughs> so you don't well, necessarily have to find something that that has any sort of orchestral, you know, meaning to it whatsoever. So right. Well, I I want to definitely uh, wish you and your family a very merry Christmas and a happy New Year, and thank you for being on this very special episode of Way Beyond the Music podcast. Not just because you're on it, Randy, but it's that time of year, man. And I didn't know if you had. Uh, a family tradition that you guys do every year, maybe that, you know, maybe not every family does, but that you'd like to share with everybody. 
um, and, and maybe a, a holiday wish as well before we check out. Well, we like to take Christmas Day completely off because um, I tell people all the time, well, that's what Jesus was doing on Christmas Day. He was tired after Christmas Eve, so he took the day off. So uh, take a day of rest, uh, re- reminisce, veg out, don't do anything. Make it, uh, heck, you know, turn all the noise off. Enjoy the silence. Go outside, whatever. Here in Texas, you can go outside a lot of times. Um, and, uh, and fix yourself something nice that you, that you, that you like. You know, fix, be, be good to yourself. At least for one day, just completely be good to yourself. Don't worry. You're not indulging. You're basically helping everybody else because when you come out of that, you're going to feel better and you're going to make the world a little bit better place. So, you know, be good to yourself. So uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. And uh, my wife and I, we usually enjoy a round of Brandy Alexander's on Christmas Day. That's that's one of our favorite things. (laughs) You know, my my grandma, you know, God rest her soul on my dad's side, my dad's mom. She used to she'd fly in from either uh well let's see if it was winter time she would have been in florida she had a house in lake geneva wisconsin then one down in florida and she'd fly in and make these amazing christmas cookies and one of the things she made uh was was rum balls and all right as, as a kid i remember the first time i ever tried one i was like oh god this is terrible yeah and then you know as an adult you're you, those are the things i'm talking about your traditions your things you know maybe it's a a certain dish or, or, or maybe you guys open an early or exchange of uh, Christmas. I know we do uh, ornaments. Yeah. After, you know, Thanksgiving uh, dinner, we do the ornaments for the Christmas thing. That's what we do then to kind of prepare for that season. But man, I'm all about letting the Turkey have his day. And then, you know, Christmas seems like it lasts for like three months. Nowadays. It does. You know, you that's know, all right. <laughs> yeah, and, and I love this time of the year and what it was, what it really means. If, if you're, if you know where I'm coming from, but yep. um, it's it's awesome to be able to do these things and try to help out. And I really appreciate you taking time and giving the pointers and your knowledge and your wisdom and sharing your music with us because this is way beyond the music, right? So I appreciate you giving us a little glimpse too into your family and personal life and and holiday traditions and uh, look forward to having you on many more episodes and many more different things than projects that I've got going on with the TV stations and the radio stuff and everything. And Lyric the cat here who has snuck into the picture a couple times and who I've been petting. If you notice my arm over here, um, she wanted to tell you Merry Christmas and happy new year too. Merry Christmas and happy new year. Great. All right. The future's bright. It it is. It, hey, yeah, so bright. Real quick before we get out of here, look right there. That is Randy's store. I will post in the comments below. Wonderful. Uh, links to all of his social media, the store, uh, his website, also his YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe here and there. We, we want to be able to keep you up to date with all of the good things that we have going on. But look at that, man. And... Let me say something. Uh, let me yeah. say something real quick about dis- distribution and how it relates to publishing. Uh, as a, as another tip, real quick, I I didn't want to let this one go. Yeah, go for it, man. Yeah. Um, when you sign up for distribution for your for your record, if you've made a record and you sign up with one of the distribution people's, you know, Disco Kid, uh, TuneCore, you know, CD Baby, whatever. 
don't let them have your publishing administration and that kind of stuff. You go do it on your own. If, if they get involved, it's, it's going to be a holy mess. Just let them distribute your record and get it, get it on iTunes and all that kind of stuff. Let them do what they're good at. They're not good at that other stuff. Okay. Amen. So just remember that. Don't sign up for that. It may look easy. They might say, Hey, this is the easy way to go because we'll handle it. They don't have, they don't have the staff. Okay. So don't do that. Yeah, man. Again, I, I, I can't thank you enough for your time. And uh, I look forward to the the next time that we get to get together and collaborate and do some fun stuff like this. Of course, uh, you know, let uh, Jenny know to reach out to me and let me know when you want to be back at Goofy's. We'd love to have you. Yeah. Um, they had a blast. Everybody loved it and dug it. And uh, next time you come, I'm going to try to get the owners to be there um, so you can meet them too as well. Okay. Great. But uh, hey, we're going to check out and uh, we will see you next week on Way Beyond the Music. Randy, tell everyone bye-bye. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year and make it a good one. That's that's about all we can do, my brother. That is all we can do is make it a good one and do the best that we can do. Hey, we will catch y'all next time. I'm going to leave y'all off with uh, Randy's store as we get on out of here. And don't forget... Check down in the description after this uh, gets posted on the YouTube channels and you can uh, find all of the contact information for Randy there. And we will see you next time. Y'all take care. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Well, as they say in show business, that is a wrap. I want to thank you all for tuning in to Way Beyond the Music Podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show and you're an artist or an industry professional, or you've got something cool that you think you could teach the audience, shoot me an email over at mark at sebimusicgroup.com. That's mark, M-A-R-K, at sebi, S-E-B-B-Y, music, M-U-S-I-C, group, G-R-O-U-P, dot com. I'll review your ideas, take a look at who and what you are, and we'll see about getting you right here on the way beyond the music we'd love to have you hey don't forget to like and subscribe to our youtube facebook and also go visit us and be a be a patreon go over to our patreon site and you can also get some really cool merch that's going to be rolling out here in the next week or two over at our online store check out the description wherever you got this podcast from for all the links And we will see you next Wednesday at 9 p.m. for Way Beyond the Music. All right, Texas music lovers, we're going to catch you next time.